Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Come Follow Me Today, a brief message to help us experience an additional spiritual moment in our otherwise complicated lives. My name is Caleb Sanford, and thank you for joining me as we accept Christ's invitation to follow him today. For those of you new to the show, we're studying the Book of Mormon, another testament of Jesus Christ, loosely following the study curriculum of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. And today we're going to be in Helaman chapters 5 to 12. Well, you've probably noticed that this has turned into more of a weekly podcast. My intent was always to publish multiple episodes each week, but between my job in healthcare with the pandemic, two kids doing distance learning for school, a high-energy three-year-old, and trying to figure out how to connect with 10 priests who are stuck at home, well, I'm doing the best I can. I'll still make sure to get at least one episode out each week, if not more, so don't give up on me yet. All right. Back to the Nephites and Lamanites. You'll remember in chapters 5 and 6 of the book of Helaman, Nephi and Lehi, who were the sons of Helaman, began a huge mission to preach to all the Nephites and then continued south to preach to all the Lamanites. After decades of intermittent war and corruption, it looked like their efforts might have paid off and both peoples lived in peace for a time and began to be very prosperous. Ironically, many of the Lamanites had joined the Church of God and had become a more righteous people than the Nephites, but at least we had some peace. Well, that lasted about five years. In about the year 25 BC, the chief judge of the Nephites was assassinated, and then his son, who became chief judge, was also murdered. And then in the next year, quote, the people began to grow exceedingly wicked again. For behold, the Lord had blessed them so long with the riches of the world that they had not been stirred up to anger, to wars, nor to bloodshed. Therefore, they began to set their hearts upon their riches. Yea, they began to seek to get gain, that they might be lifted up one above another. Therefore, they began to commit secret murders and to rob and to plunder, that they might get gain. End quote. Here we go again. I imagine God has to be pretty frustrated with this cycle that the Nephites keep putting themselves through. All God wants is for his children to be happy, but when he helps them to prosper, they forget about him. And it's only when they are on the brink of destruction that they remember to call on him for help. So we've been watching this happen with the Nephites chapter after chapter in the Book of Mormon, decade after decade, in some form really since Lehi left Jerusalem in the first pages of the Book of Mormon. I've been trying to understand why this keeps happening to the Nephites. What's wrong with these people? Are they stubborn? Are they not learning from their mistakes? Their history? What's making it so hard for them to make good choices as a society? In reality, I'm not so sure we today in 2020 are much different from the Nephites. I'm not so sure we as a society are learning from our history or our mistakes either. And we're certainly not remembering as a society to call on our God for help. But even at the individual level, are you and I any different than the specific people living during the Book of Mormon? Aren't we watching our friends, our family, our neighbors fall away from their faith and begin to make destructive choices? So what can we learn from the Nephites and their struggles with faith that can help us avoid the same spiritual and physical destruction? Nephi asked this question in chapter 7, quote, How could you have given way to the enticing of him who is seeking to hurl away your souls down to everlasting misery and endless woe? Oh, how could you have forgotten your God in the very day that he has delivered you? But behold, it is to get gain, to be praised of men, yea, and that ye might get gold and silver. And ye have set your hearts upon the riches and the vain things of this world, for the which ye do murder and plunder and steal and bear false witness against your neighbor and do all manner of iniquity. Yea, woe shall come unto you because of that pride which ye have suffered to enter your hearts, 
which has lifted you up beyond that which is good because of your exceedingly great riches, end quote. So here's what I think I'm hearing from Nephi in these scriptures. When we go through phases in our life where we don't have any major challenges, like war in the case of the Nephites, or for us it might be things like health challenges, deaths in the family, unemployment, wayward children. So when we don't have any of these things happening to us, and life is just kind of normal, we start focusing more on our worldly success. For the Nephites, it was to be praised of men, make gold and silver, the vain things of the world. For us, it might be wealth, social media influencer status, video games, shopping, and so on. And what I think Nephi is saying is that the more we focus on these things, the less we're focusing on God. And if we keep going down that path, then we'll start to engage in less and less desirable methods for achieving our goals, which will lead to our eventual spiritual demise. And then, like we've read over and over in the Book of Mormon, once we stop keeping the commandments and the Spirit of God withdraws itself from our lives, we're left to our own strength and may end up losing all the prosperity we've built up. Okay, well, this is a cycle that you and I definitely don't want to get sucked into. I imagine you can think of someone you know who has gone down this path. But how do we prevent it from happening? I'm sure the Nephites, who at times were very faithful members of the Lord's Church, probably had Sunday school lessons about this very topic. They were taught by people like Alma, Helaman, Nephi, and Lehi about this destructive cycle of pride and wealth. And I'm sure during their faithful periods, they would have declared that their faith was more important to them than the pursuit of wealth or fame. But a year later, five years later, many of them ended up falling. And this kept happening generation after generation. So my life, as I explained at the top of the episode, is extremely busy with work, my calling with the young men, and trying to raise three young children. But overall, we're in pretty good shape. No major health issues compared with other people we know. Steady employment. Kids seem to be doing well with school. I don't have any major trials right now that are forcing me to my knees in prayer each day, pleading with Heavenly Father for help. In other words, I may be right in the spiritual danger zone that the Nephites found themselves in after they had had peace and prosperity for several years. While I know that I should take advantage of this time to try to draw closer to God so that he'll be there when I do need him, what did I just do? Convinced another company to hire me as a part-time consultant, in addition to my full-time job I have, to earn more money. Now, I could argue that I'm doing this so that we can afford to buy a house in a year, or for the experience I'll get that could help me become a full-time consultant later in life. But the reality is that every hour I spend working on this new project is one less hour I'll be spending with my family, or learning about Christ, or trying to serve the Lord and build the kingdom of God. Now, I feel okay about the decision I made, because it will help my career, allow me to buy that house for my family, and help me to continue to develop my leadership skills. But where's the line I draw with this? How do I keep myself from taking another job, and another, and another, until I'm not spending any meaningful time with my family, and I've all but abandoned God? How do I ensure that my success doesn't go to my head and make me prideful? To put it another way, when we have the time and emotional energy in our lives to focus on new things, what do we choose to focus on? I don't have the answers to these questions, and I imagine the Nephites didn't either. And so eventually, their worldly success overtook them, and they began to persecute those who were less fortunate and walked away from their God, which eventually led to their downfall. Well, I love the gospel of Jesus Christ. It's given me the strength to change my life, 
to become more like Christ. Help me to be a good father and husband. I don't ever want to lose that. But I also recognize that I'm not immune to the same tendencies that the Nephites experienced time and time again. Somehow, you and I have to figure out how to keep our focus on God, perhaps especially during times of prosperity, to ensure our minds and hearts don't wander to other things. Let me close with one of the more depressing passages of the Book of Mormon in chapter 12. Quote, And thus we can behold how faults, and also the unsteadiness of the hearts of the children of men. Yea, we can see that the Lord in his great infinite goodness doth bless and prosper those who put their trust in him. Yea, and we may see at the very time when he doth prosper his people, yea, in the increase of their fields, their flocks and their herds, and in gold and in silver, and in all manner of precious things of every kind and art, sparing their lives and delivering them out of the hands of their enemies, yea, and in fine, doing all things for the welfare and happiness of his people. Yea, then is the time that they do harden their hearts and do forget the Lord their God and do trample under their feet the Holy One. Yea, and this because of their ease and their exceedingly great prosperity. And thus we see that except the Lord doth chasten his people with many afflictions, yea, except he doth visit them with death and with terror and with famine and with all manner of pestilence, they will not remember him. End quote. Brothers and sisters, we need to figure out how to break this cycle and always remember him. It's not a coincidence that the prayer we say each week when we partake of the sacrament says, quote, that they are willing to take upon them the name of thy son and always remember him, end quote. If you and I have the desire today to accept our Savior's invitation to come follow him, then let's make sure we fight each week to really take upon us his name and to genuinely remember him so that we can break the pride cycle that so often afflicted the Nephites and show unto our God that we can continue to be faithful not only during times of trials, but also in times of prosperity. Thank you for listening today, and I'll see you next time. If you think this episode would be beneficial for someone you know, feel free to hit the share button. And don't forget to rate this podcast right now to make it easier for others to find. Goodbye.